0: Every degree I can pursue in college basically pays fifty dollars to $100,000 a year. This is not life training. It's not happiness training. It's skills training to be a cog in someone's machine. The day that I quit my job, I remember walking out of that building and it was like I was breathing this air for the first time. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can literally do anything that I want yep. and no one can tell me what to do. Nobody. It was freedom that I've had now for 16 years. Yeah. And I've lived the most magical life. I have traveled the world. I've done some of the craziest things. I've built crazy businesses. I've had all this time with my kids. Make enough money that you can start living your ideal lifestyle today instead of society's hopium that tells you in 30 or 40 years, you'll hopefully have enough for retirement. What a lame waste. We are so drunken on our mediocrity and average. Yep. And I just, it's just, I'm appalled by it.
1: What's going on, everybody? Ryan Panetti here. Welcome to another episode of the Wealthy Way Podcast. For our goals to help you not go broke trying to get rich today, I have a guy who is definitely not broke, and this guy is living it up in all areas of life. Um, he he is somebody who's been in this space a really long time, um, and he was actually kind enough to reach out to me when I was first getting in the social media scene back in 2020, and he was like, "Bro, however I can help you, here's my number, hit me up," and um. Now he's one of our speakers at WealthCon, and uh, it's just great to finally get him on the show. Chris Crone.
0: What's up, man, dude? Glad to be here.
1: Yeah, happy to have you, dude. Yeah. We just enjoyed a nice P.F. Chang's. You're training for a bodybuilding competition, so you Which didn't- Which meant that P.F.
0: Chang's was really boring. Yeah, you didn't get was, like the P.F.
1: Chang's experience. No. <laughs> Chicken and rice. Yeah. But, bro, I mean, you're doing so many things, right? I mean, you, you're you were telling me- you got your own event center with 700 people. Um, it, you're having like fire walking and all these things. Then you're telling me about how you got 6,500 single family homes that you guys um, are managing. And then you're telling me about this AI tool you just launched. And then this book you just got. And I'm just like, man, dude, Chris, I think I'm doing a lot of things. And then Chris is like out here doing a lot, a lot of things.
0: Dude, I love to build machines that build machines that build machines. Because you're the original chat GPT. Uh, there's a secret. You want to hear this? Yeah. portal secret. Because I'm not supposed to reveal it for five years, but I'll tell you. Okay. My goal is to never use AI once. Because <laughs> you want someone else to use it. I have whole teams and departments and chair heads that this is all they do. Yeah. But I don't want to use it once because I'm making a point. Right. That if you want something done right, don't do it yourself.
1: <laughs> so... Uh, Speaking on that note, I mean, obviously you're a real estate guy and a business guy and and you're saying don't do it yourself, right? At what stage do you think that that starts to happen, right? It is
0: the sooner the better. Yeah. You know, we try to be smart with our money and there's a saving zone and then you move into the phase where you're going to invest. And then eventually if you've invested successfully enough, you can spend money. Most of the world does it backwards. They don't save their money. They spend their money and they try to live really at their income level. And so um, when I started young saving money, knowing that I needed my money to work for me, because I'd read your classic Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad and Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. I started doing something weird also, though, in the beginning. I wasn't just saving money for making my money work for me. I was saving my money to spend it on things that would buy my time back. Mm. And so I'm I'm in love with scaling and I'm in love with delegation and I'm in love with people. I love finding the people that can more brilliantly do all of the tasks that I just don't want to.
1: Right. Yeah. So how many people do you have in all of your companies right now?
0: Probably around 250. 250. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, how many of those do you think are like virtual versus, or I should say remote versus
0: in office? About a hundred and it's it's split 50, 50. Okay. Yeah. About 130, 140 are in office.
1: That's kind of what we've been um, trying to figure out. I I would say we're, we're a little more remote than Mm -hmm. in office. Um, What have, what have you realized doing that? Like who's able to be remote?
0: It's weird because I'm old now, I'm 43. So Mm -hmm. I would there, I lived in the pre remote world where you could only access geographic talent. Then there was a time when I was almost fully remote and I saw the downside of that mm. um, culture is a really important part. I believe of growing any company filled with people who really care. And so to establish a really strong culture, we found that you need a certain amount of people that live in a tight enough airspace that interact with each other. They meet with each other because what is a culture? It's people coming together and doing cool stuff and you can do that remote, But if you have a base that does it locally, geographically, um, then they can help all your remote people feel like they're a part of something. Mm.
1: Yeah. We're, um, my employees don't know, but maybe the word's gotten out. We're going to go take everyone to Cabo.
0: Oh, very cool.
1: And so that's going to be in June and uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. And it's just, you know, we do at least one like kind of cool, fun vacation a year, um, and, you know, when I look at it, it's just like, man, you get all these remote people that you just never really get to see on a daily basis. And it's just a great thing for building culture. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So how did you get your start, dude? I mean, like, uh, everybody probably have seen you talking about, Hey, buy rental properties, you sure. know? It's yeah, best, yeah. but people may not know how you even got into this.
0: You know, um, I had told myself my childhood life that I want to be a doctor. And, uh, it was because my parents always fought about money and I just knew I had eight other brothers and sisters and I had this funny feeling in fact, it wasn't a funny feeling when I was eight years old, I was, uh, witnessing my parents fight. They didn't know I was there. I'd kind of snuck up. I was dropping eaves and they were fighting violently about money. And I just remember in that moment, instead of feeling afraid, feeling calm, and I felt like God tapped me on the shoulder and said, Chris, it will be your responsibility out of all your siblings to take care of your parents in their old age. So when I wanted to be a doctor, it was because I was like, there's enough money for at least two families. Right? Right. Fast forward. I'm in college. I'm taking chemistry. It's now weeder class time. And the professor has 200 eager beavers that want to be doctors. And they're only going to let 10 people pass the class. They're going to grade on a, on an aggressive curve. And I got a C. And my advisor said, Hey, Chris, you got 10 years of chemistry ahead of you. That won't work. (laughs) So I retook the class and then I got a C minus. Wow. And that's when I realized, okay, this doesn't come natural to me. It's painful. This isn't it. And so I talked to my, you know, count my guidance counselors. And I started realizing, wait a second, every degree I can pursue in college basically pays 50 to hundred thousand dollars a year. This is not life training. It's not happiness training. It's skills training to be a cog in someone's machine. Mm -hmm. In the moment I figured that out, I said, I want to build machines, Mm. build machines, the build machines. So, um, I found, um, I became very open. I knew that what I was going to look for would be outside the, the walls of university. And I was looking for a mentor. And uh, that year I met three people that had each made over $10 million in real estate, which was weird. It could have been anything, but real estate was the bug. And so I just said, I'm going to do what they're doing. And so I, I basically used their systems and I took a massive shortcut. By the time I graduated college, I had 25 homes Mm. and literally started with stayed in college. You know what? It's so weird when you put it that way. I have my degree and I'm halfway ashamed because I felt like I was too much of a pleaser at the time to honor my instinct. Uh-huh. I finished my degree. What'd you get a degree in? Marriage family and human development.
1: Wow. How to be a good daddy. I've never heard of anyone with that degree. Yeah, I didn't because, know that was a degree. Yeah, it is it is. a psychology? Like it's, it's kinda-
0: like a it's like a pre counselor <laughs> pre therapist degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's a, it's a pre undergrad. You know, for getting a master's or a PhD in therapy. Got it. Um, and that's because psychology is of great interest to me. In right. fact, as I work with people today, um, you know, I, I look at all of my businesses. You know, this year we're tracking a hundred million in revenue mm-hmm. amongst my companies, and the number one thing that I'm working on these days is literally one thing, leadership development. Mm. How do I build better humans? How do I develop leaders? How do I attract the right people in a culture? It's all psychology. So I'm grateful for it. But yeah, uh, by the time I graduated college, I had 25 homes. Um, They were all single families. They were paying me each $500 a month. So I was bringing in, you know, $12,000 a month. I quit my job. uh, And then I took off 50 homes the next year, hundred homes a year after hundreds that became thousands. And, and, uh, systematized, uh, a model where even still today, I, I have people that watch my social and then they're like, dude, Chris is $2 billion worth of track record on 6,500 homes. So people will reach out to my company. They'll partner with me. We'll go in 50, 50. They'll, they'll usually put up like 401k money, IRA money, things like that. I'll put it in real estate. I'll do all the work. And we average, you know, 25 to 35% annual ROIs, mm. which compared to the, uh, when you compare it to a 401k over 20 huh. years, it produces 27 to 70 times more money. Mm. So I, I basically make real estate accessible for people that are committed to their careers and their jobs. They want to invest in real estate. They just don't really know how to get in. And um, I'm kind of a weird dude out there cause no one's doing that. I just, a, t- a weird tiny niche that's, I guess not so tiny anymore, but I don't really have competitors. No one's really figured out how to scale single family. Cause think of the headache, right? The amount of people it's like, geez, wouldn't multifamily be easier? I'm like, yeah, but I can't make the ROI match.
1: Right. So. Right. No, it makes complete sense. I, uh, y- you know, you touched on a few things there. One that stuck out to me was you're trying to develop leaders yep. and that was evident to me. We just had lunch and you mentioned a few things to me um, during lunch that, basically reflected that you're like, Hey, we put all of our people through, you know, emotional intelligence, um, trainings and, and all these things. We help people break limiting beliefs. We, we help them figure out, Hey, what is a limiting belief? What's a strength? What's a weakness. And I mean, you're, you're very passionate about self-development. I I don't know how else you would, you would call it.
0: Yeah. So I I'll call it self-mastery. Okay. Take a, take a person that you don't get to know any deeper than you're an employee. You have a salary and you have to perform a task really agnostic, you know, perspective. That person is dealing in their own life with something huge. They're trying to move a mountain. They may have a huge health problem. They may have a problem in their marriage. They may have previous, uh, you know, childhood traumas that they're not getting over we're so good at putting on this fake face and everyone's pretending and the, in a professional environment that they're okay, but people are not okay. The majority of people are going through something and it affects their performance at work. And, and I, I, I attract a players and I'm like, I want to promote my people. I want to pay them more money. I want to yeah. double their salary. I want to double their bonus. I always want to make more money, but it's not their professional skill sets that they lack. Right. It's the, it's the things happening in the dark. It's the things happening in their private life. And if that doesn't get addressed, then, um, so I, would make people's personal problems mine.
1: Yeah. No, I, it's one of the main reasons I started the wealthy way. So, you know, basically what I saw as an entrepreneur is that so many people were chasing after the money that all these other areas of their life was getting wrecked, right? Their marriages were getting wrecked, their health, their faith. You know, just like yeah, sure they they're making money, but they're working eighty hours a week and grinding
0: it out and and unhappy by the way, very unhappy. Yeah, great results
1: financially,
0: succeeding and failing miserably, but maybe even not even owning that. Yeah,
1: and so you know the motto is don't go broke trying to get rich yeah. for that very reason yeah. and. You know, when I look at a guy like you, who's, who's talking about these same concepts of like, Hey guys, we got to build you up as an individual and you're a well-rounded individual. You're not just this one thing. It's funny because I, five years ago, I would have been like, bro, like get like this, this, uh, hype me up fluff kind of stuff is, is dumb. (laughs) Right. right. Like, give me the tactical things. Hey, here's how you do this. Where's the strategy? Yeah. Show me
0: the steps to building wealth. How, yeah. do, I,
1: how do I get something? Give me the, the logical things. And yeah. it's like, sure, there are people who are naturally gifted at at being you know, disciplined and motivated yeah. and everything else. But the rest of the world is not. Yes.
0: Well, we're also in a mental health crisis. We went through something. This pandemic is lasting these lingering effects. We have a war in Ukraine. We have 130 layoff, 130,000 layoffs this year. We have companies that are being wrecked. The government is changing the definition of recession so that we don't have to admit that we are in one. We have four banks just this last weekend that went under Crazy. Silicon Valley bank that I banked at all of my money for 48 hours was frozen from really? my tech companies. And this is happening in our world today. And and it's like, no one wants to acknowledge this crisis Um, you've got anxiety, all time highs, depression, all time highs. And I had a daughter in the last 90 days that tried to kill herself twice. Oh man. I'm sorry to hear that. Thank you. And it is the world that we live in that people aren't acknowledging because we're scared to be vulnerable and we're scared to admit it. And I don't think I'm capable in today's new world of building a powerful company without the empathy and the compassion of actually really seeing people and caring for them. It has now been the driver of building wealth. It's the driver of helping people regain their health. And um, so we have a really weird culture. I, I, I tell people, I'm like your personal life should be personal, but when you work with me, it's not mm-hmm. when you come and you work with me, here's our culture. Your personal wins are more important than your professional wins. And we're going to show you that because we're going to provide training. We're going to create opportunities and we're going to invest in you. And we're going to do things that have nothing to do with your work life, but have everything to do with your work-life balance and Mm -hmm. your life balance. So caring about people's health, caring about people's mental state, caring about people's, you know, their morning, their routine, what are they doing to take care of themselves? Or they, do they know how to invest in their relationships? Most people don't, the world is just screaming busy. You're so busy. There's no time. And I'm like, Well, yeah, if you want to use the little precious time you got to go build a business or do a bunch of real estate and make a bunch of wealth, who cares if you're unhappy? Does it really matter when it all comes crashing down? I don't think it does.
1: Right. I think it's a distraction. Yeah. Yeah thousand percent hey if you're looking to grow your real estate investing business whether you're just getting started trying to get your first deal or you're trying to scale and get to the next level you need to join us at wealthy investor we've got events every single quarter that are absolutely crazy we've got online coaching programs where we have zoom calls a community every single week we give you everything you need to know to start your business scripts processes sops all of it It's for you so that you can dominate. So if you want to learn more about how to join our community and be mentored by me and some of our top coaches and be around other students who are absolutely crushing it, go to WealthyInvestor.com, apply for a free call with my team. Once again, WealthyInvestor.com, apply for a call today. So with just, I mean, you you touched on the banks and the recession and the world that we live in today and COVID and, and everything else. It's like...
0: What, what do you think is going to happen all of this? Well, I think it's actually really exciting. I've, I've actually been probably like you, we've been waiting years for this. We are overdue for the correction. Mm -hmm. Um, Technically there's some type of correction every seven years. There's a pretty meaningful one every 15 to 20 years and every fourth correction, every 80 years, once in your life, you're going to go through something like the great depression. 2008 was a monster you know, recession, second worst since the great depression. And this one frankly is overdue and it's late probably because we've been printing too many trillions of dollars and the inflation and the cost of goods is an indication why we're probably late. So it's not bad. And my first message to everyone is this isn't doom and gloom. Um, every, the bigger, the problem, the bigger, the solution and the bigger, the opportunity fortunes are made and opportunities are bred. I would say that there are more opportunities in a recession than in an up economy because in an up economy, how good do you have to really be to win mm. right in a recession? You have to be really good. The skill stands out. Yes. Way more. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and lots of people look good when things are good. Yes. Yeah. So I actually think it's really exciting times because we are exposing big problems. And the question is, what are you doing about it? Yeah. You know, real estate is a foundational wealth vehicle that enables such a beautiful life for me and my family. But on top of that, you know, real estate is where I go for my double digit ROIs because I can consistently make my money perform well. I can double my money every two years in real estate. And you can't do that in a 401k or the IRA. And, and it doesn't make you rich overnight, right? It means over decades after, after one or two or three decades, you look back and say, hey, I have a modest amount of millions of dollars. And when retirement comes around, I'm good. But what about the person that says, yeah, but I'm part of the 85% that hates my career? It's like, yeah. oh, you wanna go faster? You either need to switch jobs or you need to find a new career. You might actually be an entrepreneur. 94% of Gen Z want to be entrepreneurs. Mm. The upcoming generation says, college, COGS, screw you. <laughs> you suck us working the 40, 50, 60 hour work week. They're basically saying, no, 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 no. We're gonna demand a different world. We're gonna create a different world. And they're looking for something very entrepreneurial.
1: Yeah. I'm seeing that. I see the young kids everywhere. Like they, they they have YouTube, they have TikTok, they have all these resources telling them how to be an entrepreneur, the glory of it, the, you know, everything. Like, whereas, I mean, I'm 10 years younger than you, but I mean, being an entrepreneur was not like a desired thing when I was in high school, you know, it's like, yeah, you're going to go to college and like, Yep. You're going to go get a degree. That
0: was our, <laughs> that was our generation. Get good grades.
1: Yeah. Get good grades. So you
0: can get a piece of paper that says you're smart. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's pretty much it. So dude, we were talking about this, um, yesterday actually about the banking crisis yeah. and everything. And, you know, I was putting my conspiracy theory hat on. And I can tell you got a lot of conspiracy theory in you.
0: I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, d- I definitely don't conform to our system. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> and we are just like, dude, why is this all happening? Yeah. You know, like at the end of the day, why, why does it continue to feel like they just keep doing these things? And like, and then like, what What do you think
0: the government's really doing? It's one word. What control? Yeah. How do you control the people? Don't talk about the issue. Distract them with stupid stuff. Uh, distract them with identity crisis, distract them with laws that make no sense, Um, d- distract them with a war and distract them with diapers on your face, uh, the pandemic, distract <laughs> them. And and, and and what you do is if you want to subjugate your people, you disempower them mm. and, and distraction creates distortion. Right. And, and right now we are such a divided country. Right. And it's, it's, it's sad. I feel more divided right now than I feel like we've ever been before. And um it's very easy to control a stupid people, a misinformed, a miseducated people. And um, you know, you take a look at TikTok. Did you know that TikTok, the creators of it, China, they use it as an education platform and they use it to make their people smart? <laughs> Guess yeah. what we use it for? I get that you and I are posting educational format, but the majority of what's on TikTok is meant to rot the brain for hours on end with like cat video, porn. Dancing and it's like what a waste of life. It's mm-hmm. like we're all so busy. What Netflix binging? Yeah. So I, I, unfortunately, um, so many industries exist to just continue stupidifying our people even more. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of just being smart and control and taking it, you know what you're doing here with the wealthy way is about empowering people. It's about causing people to wake up and realize. Great, maybe you don't agree with me or you but there's, there's games afoot. And whatever you think the reason is behind it, the question is, what are you going to do about it? Cause the government's not going to fix this. They're not going to fix inflation. They're not going to fix gas prices. They're not going to fix food prices. They're not going to fix unemployment. They're not going to fix this thing. It's up to us to recognize that that is that financial ultimate destiny is on our shoulders. And it's up to us to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And at some point, hopefully enough people rise and wake up and plenty are plenty, plenty are keen. Yeah. I think on what's going on, and they're financially empowering themselves. They're building more streams of income. They're insulating themselves. You know, you look at Le- leave it to beaver in the fifties, one income, dad went to work and you could, you could pay all your bills. Then in the eighties, mom needed to get a job, you know, then you take a look at today. And there are some families that have three sources of income trading dollars for hours and working three jobs and they can't pay the bills. Mm-hmm. And it's going to get a lot worse because the is right now, we are in a rapid devaluation of the dollar. And eventually people are going to be working 80 to 100 hour work weeks or they're going to have to finally think different. And fortunately, there are some things to the rescue. AI. AI in my mind is the biggest thing that has happened since the birth of the internet. It's way bigger than the internet because the internet is what and AI is how. And so anyone, most people that I meet, when you ask them, why aren't you more successful? Why aren't you doing more with your life? They don't know how is their excuse. And I'm like, well, uh, let's make it about as dumb and easy for as we possibly can. Here's a computer that will think for you and give you ideas that just <laughs> need some gentle guidance and correction, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It's crazy just how impactful AI is already. Mm-hmm. Like I keep seeing the new updates to, to chat GPT, like. You know, right now they're talking about chat GPT four. just came out. Yeah. And, and it's like
0: it, it, it is literally like like 40,000 times bigger than three. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's crazy.
1: And it, it's it been like a month I know. <laughs> since three. I'm like, <laughs> what, are, what are they going to be in a year from
0: now? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, it's like they the the World Economic Forum in 2020 said that AI by 2025 in five years will replace 80 million jobs. Mm. That doesn't mean 80 million people are losing their jobs. It does mean that we have to grow faster and adapt faster because new jobs will come about. And uh, I've told everyone in my company, AI, AI is the biggest gift for a promotion because here's this technology that I'll pay for and you use it to go put out four times more. And let me give you a big raise. I don't want you to work more, by the way. Yeah, I just want you to work different. I want you to work smarter.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what we're telling our people, too, is like, hey let's use these tools to just increase our output yeah. or increase the quality of what we do. Yeah. And you know, you don't have to do a lot of the, the manual work anymore. Yep. So I'm excited about it. How are you guys using AI today?
0: Everywhere. Everything. Um, I've, I've got a department head that basically goes into uh, that a committee that goes into all departments and ensures that everyone is working on something right now. I'm about two weeks away from having like paid a huge fee to have my entire voice powerfully deep faked. Cause I don't want to spend three hours in studio with my next book. That's coming out to do the audio. I want it to be believably passionately high energy me. And um, that's a tool that we, we have like 30 applications for. And so it, it multiplies me, uh, the video hasn't really caught up to being where it needs to be at yet, but eventually there'll be, there'll be Ryan Panetta bot. Yeah. Right. Um, um, but there's a lot of other things right now. We've, we have an entire server of Chris Krohn knowledge bank from 10,000 pieces of media and it, it is as smart and as intelligent as I am. You can give it any question and it knows exactly what Chris Krohn would say. You better believe that we have tons of applications for that in our company, but we also use what do you for mean, applications of that? Um, you know, so when you're a social media influencer, mm-hmm. um, you know, people decide whether they love you or hate you. Right. And if they want to learn from you, then ultimately they're always trying to get access to you. And of course the problem with that is you only have so many, so many hours in a day. I've got activities now in my life that make me a million dollars an hour, a half a million dollars an hour, six figures an hour. And I usually don't touch anything else anymore that is like, $10,000 an hour. It's not worth my time. So as my time becomes more available, uh, becomes more valuable, I become less accessible. Yeah. And yet I want to stay accessible. So I'm obsessed with leverage and I'm obsessed with how do I put me out in the right way to reach all the people that I'm supposed to internally mm. inside my company and externally. Mm. Yeah.
1: So they, so everyone in the company is going to have like a, a Chris Crohn Siri. Good. It's like, Chris, what yes. should I do? And then it's going to know.
0: Well, I mean, I've got two, I've got two really powerful leadership development programs inside my company right now. Um, Because when I say we build machines that build machines that build machines, one of them is uh, we created something last year called CEO bootcamp. Okay. And so for 20% of our company that are in management, they all have the option of enrolling in CEO bootcamp. And this is where we teach them how to think and act like a CEO. A CEO has skills of reading PLs. A CEO has skills that most managers don't. And so I train all of my people to think and act like a CEO because I need them more promotable. We, every other month we acquire a new company. We start a new company. We seed capital, new company. And, and what I need are leaders, what I need are grade a talent that are fully educated. So I can always look from without, but I'm always also growing from within. So I invest every week in our people. We spend two to three hours a week in professional development. Um, next month in April, I'm starting a new program called superhuman only for my team members. And, It is uh, an optional program, again, it's on Saturday, and it is all about your personal life. And I've got 20 daily habits that I lean into that help me maintain balance in my life. I've got trainings on decision-making practices, breakthrough, um, how I solve, you know, for critical conversations, all of these personal things. So um, morning routines and working out and marriage programs, I'm now making that available to my people. Mm. And that's just part of our culture that when you work here, your personal ones are more important than your professional ones. So we invest in you. Mm. So AI can definitely do a lot to automate some of that, but I'm also making sure I'm dedicating time for me every week to be pouring into these incredible human beings that clearly see their future in me. And for me to see my future in them, I need to invest in them and help them be the best that they can be. I love that.
1: So, you know, speaking of you know, uh, you're talking about the superhuman, right? Personal life. You are doing a bodybuilding competition. That's why you April 15th, (laughs) April 15th. That's why you didn't do uh, enjoy PF Chang's and, and everything else. And you're looking swole. Like why? So, um, I don't know what, so let me, let me preface this because I've been the same weight for 12 years. Yeah, I'm 180 pounds, give or take five pounds. Yeah. And, You know, I'm happy with how I look. I'm still athletic. I can golf and, you know, still be more athletic than 99% of people. Yeah. But uh, I've never like had a six pack in a while or anything because I'm just like, I know I can eat PF Chang's and like maintain being fit at a comfortable level. And somebody was like, well, dude, if you want to get serious about it, you should go to a show. Like Mm. that'll make you get serious (laughs) about, you know, walking on stage soft. And I was like, Yeah.
0: I'm not that serious about it. So what, what's motivating you? So, um, I, I'm a huge believer in energy. Okay. I think everything is energy. And when you're manifesting and you know this because you're constantly creating new things, Mm -hmm. everything that you create starts as a thought. Yep. So for me, I have a 40 minute daily routine early morning. I get up at four in the morning Okay. and I have a five hour routine.
1: And what time do you go to bed?
0: Um, it it, sometimes 1030, sometimes midnight.
1: Okay. So you're, you're sleeping about Four to six. Four to six.
0: Yeah. It's You're p- good. Plenty for me. Yeah. Now, by the way, that's Monday through Friday. You sleep in on the weekends.
1: Yes. We do the same. Yeah. I, I, I go to bed usually like 10-ish, wake up at 4.30. Yeah. And then the weekends I sleep in like six, yeah. maybe seven. Yeah.
0: So 40 minutes of my five-hour routine in the morning includes a, what I call a mind palace reverie. It's a very active meditation. I do it on a treadmill. Um, my wife participates in it. We're side by side. And what I do is I go through um, four major creation systems. And the first one has to do with me as a human being, where I'm just loving on me, making sure I'm getting the message that I need. I'm seeing me. I'm validating me. And, um, you know, that goes into the self-care bucket of we all want something, but it won't last unless we give it to ourselves. You can never get enough of what you don't need because what you don't need doesn't satisfy. Most of us are going around life needing a spouse or a child or a friend or a, a boss, a coworker to say something that will give us meaning and it will never last. It has to come from you. So part of my routine is I've got words for me, words of life. The second part of my routine is I go through my body systems and I see my most ideal body. Cause I'm going to be 140 years old and I'm going to be in prime for decades. Mm. And I'm living that way because the technology is here. It's, it's, it's coming. A lot of it is here. I'm on all sorts of supplements and NADs and, and all sorts of things to boost my immunity and everything.
1: I, I had Gary Breck on the show with 10 X health and he was saying this same. he's like, humans are going to live a really long time right now.
0: Yeah. Well over a hundred years. The question is the quality of your life will be determined by the decisions you make every day. Right. Just because medicine can keep you alive, because, doesn't mean you're going to want to be yeah. right. So, um, so I take my health very serious. Uh, I've got a two and a half hour health routine that I do every day and I'm, I'm, float spas and spas and, and
1: I, I want to hear the whole five hour routine. So you're spending 40 minutes doing this.
0: Yeah. So 40 minutes yeah. and I'm basically going to cover personal power with me. I'm going to cover, I I visualize and signal to my body, my personal, my optimal health, what I want my, my body to be and to transform. And I live as if it's already there. Okay. Um, if you watch, read some Joe Dispenza, um, he, he's got some of the best science on how you actually program your, your mind, your neuroplasticity for alteration to manifest what you want. Um, I go into my marriage and my core relationships, me and God, and I invest deeply. I get, I envision me with God, with my savior, with my heavenly mother, uh, with my wife. And I strengthen these relationships and define what they want them to be and look like. Uh, and then I go into my, um, I go into my creations. Uh, some, some would call it real estate. Some would call it business. But when I start a business these days, if it doesn't have a just cause like a Simon Sinek infinite game, um, just cause like something's going to change the planet. I'm not interested. So I see those creations birth into eight figure, nine figure, 10 figure companies along the way. Um, I bless all of my CEOs, their families, their kids, and just spend time meditating on all the people in my world. So I go through all these systems and, and, um, it's very emotionally powerful for me and what it does is it energizes me. So that's a part of my proactive creation process because you know, if you look at all creation stories, take religion into account, they all, they, it's all the same thing. And an urban version would be, Hey, there's some stuff over there. We should organize that into a planet. <laughs> and then, you know, it's kind of dry. Let there be water or, you know, let's, let's put some plants on there. It is it, spoken. And before it's spoken, it's thought. So nothing can be unless it's thought. And a thought is a thing that can measure it. It's a weightable gram in the gray matter of the brain. So my 40 minute meditation that I call my mind pals reverie is really a creation room where I'm creating every part of my life deep into the future, seeing it present today and building evidence in my mind that already exists. Mm. So that's a really important part of my, my five hour routine.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's already a ton that yeah. that's just like kind of the mental side. Yes. What? Well,
0: before that, when I wake up at four, I actually do an hour of reading Oh. on double speed So while I'm getting ready, I'm putting my clothes on. I'm walking down breakfast. I got an audio book for 30 minutes on double speed. So I do an hour book. Okay. And um, I always toggle between two books that feel inspired. If it's not inspired, I'm not going to listen. Okay. And um, so after that, I do my mind palace with my wife. Then I've got two hours in the gym of lifting heavy. Um, Everyone that I lift with is in a bodybuilding competition. Everyone I lift with is positive minded. They're, they're good human beings. It's a private gym. So it's just a small group of us, maybe six to 10 people. Um, and then after that, I get an hour with my wife where we actually cultivate and harness love and energy in our relationship and build intentionality for the day. And then the last, what what does that look like? Um, sometimes it's just sex. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But meaning, um, it's a time to hold, it's a time to talk. It's a time to connect and cultivating that energy is, you know, when I say sex, I don't mean that irreverently as in like erotic sex. I actually mean something sacred and intimate, something where we are connecting with each other. And my wife and I actually have a system for cultivating energy through sexual energy that um, man, it's like this glowing harnessing light that is between the two of us that we feed on throughout the day. It's like, we're really, we're really connected to each other. Mm. And then the last hour is my favorite part. And that's where my wife and I do breakfast with our kids and we get to talk about life's lessons. We get to talk about, um, God and gospel. We get to talk about success. We got to talk about what real winning versus counterfeit winning looks like. Mm. And um, my intention during that hour with my kids is um, to f- have them feel something so profound that they can, that they can link that morning to God, that they can link it to Holy spirit. They can link it to love of family. They can link it to moral fabric. They can link it to um, being an ethical being. They can link it to a, um, a skill that is worth learning and developing. Hmm. So are your kids homeschooled? Oh, I don't like that word. Okay. Um, cause my wife and I are poor educators. We, <laughs> don't, we, we don't trust ourselves to give our children what they need. Yeah. We're just a part. Okay. Um, but we are, they're privately educated. Okay. Uh, so we bring in teachers into our home and there's a whole school room, if you will. And, um, are we have a really gnarly school system because
1: <laughs> yeah. that, that that's cause we're doing the same thing. Got it. We hired a teacher Yeah, and so we're I've been calling it homeschooled, but I'm gonna start calling it I, I private. privately educate my kids.
0: Yeah. So it's I don't mean private school, home. like boarding school. <laughs> it's not homeschooled. Everyone thinks homeschool means, oh Mom and dad think they're so smart. They're going to anti-socialize their children. I'm like, that is definitely one billion percent, not what this is. Because <laughs> what we do is like my son, Daniel, who who's here with me today. Yeah, he was just here. Yeah. yeah. He took the jet over with me and he's having dad time and kind of learning what I'm doing. Yep. He's a, he's 11. He's a beekeeper. He's a Rubik's cube expert. Yeah. Um, Like, so we lean into our kids' strengths. He also is a computer programmer, like in a programming <laughs> class. Kids got it all. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> what it is, is um, where we buck the system is, I think the- the public school system is a joke. Yeah. I think half of it's lame babysitting. I think one teacher per 30 students is ridiculous. Zero customization. Yeah. Well, Um, the problem is they can't get more. Yeah. Like I have a son who's autistic. He Mm -hmm. has his own teacher and my son asks brilliant questions all day long. He's a philosopher Mm -hmm. and my wife and I just honestly call me a bad parent. We don't have the bandwidth to give them all of our attention. Right. So we hire someone that can, they're like, best friends and companions. And my son is getting now the education he needs. Yeah. Cause sometimes it takes six minutes for an idea to stick. Yeah. Six months for an idea to stick. Yeah. You know, so, um, but, uh, for us, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll be in Japan in a couple months. We're in the Galapagos last time, you know, Daniel's with me today on Monday we're taking my daughter for her birthday to San Diego. Um, so for us, education is very fluid. It's very on the go, but we also have a very formal education. It's just very, what are the kids' passions and interests? And also, me saying, "Hey, I don't think you need to know trig. Uh, you may not need to know geometry. Uh, we might, we might have you learn certain things for the development of your brain. Yeah. But there's a lot of things <laughs> the school system cares about that are useless but, in and, an AI access world, not a what you know world.
1: Right? And that's you're just talking the the education side. You're not even talking the political side of, I mean, what they're doing with kids and gender.
0: And jeez, don't even do, brother. I am <laughs> when we took them out four years ago. I was like. <laughs> every day in the news is a reminder that, you know, I'm a, I now I know why I was so motivated to make money <laughs> because the system that we run at home is expensive. Um, oh, by yeah. many people's standards, right? We 100%. spend hundreds of thousands a year educating our children privately on what we feel like matters. Yep. And, um, I used to be worried and I'm no longer worried about, um, their GED. I'm not worried about college. Yeah. I'll get them into college if they want college. Um, I'm really a lot more interested in them connecting with not what they're bad at, but what they're good at. Mm -hmm. And I want to get them connected to mentors instead of programs. I want them to get connected to, I I believe that the greatest and fastest path to success hands down is always find someone that's done it 10 times bigger than you could in your wildest dreams and then rip off their systems. Yeah. Cause they want to give them to you. The world has all these systems. So, so, so do the smart thing Let like connect with that and do that.
1: Yeah. You know, what's funny is, so my wife, um, when we were broke was a public school teacher. And so that was what she got her degree in. And, you know, we were like, all right, this is great. You know, at the time I wasn't like making big money or anything and it got insurance and all this stuff. And she loved being a teacher because she wanted to give back. She actually was a teacher in a, um, you know, at risk area. Like it was in a really rough part of town. And, you know, as time went on, we both grew up in public school. We're like, ah, public school will be fine. And then as we started making more money, we're like, all right, we're going to put them in private school. And then as I've had this podcast and I've interviewed many high level people like you, you know, you're not the first person to bring your kid with you to the podcast. You know, like Cardone was sitting right where you were and his daughter was sitting right there. And he's like, Yeah. She goes with me everywhere. Like she, she meets people like you and this guy and that guy. And like, I think she's pretty smart, right? You know, and she's wildly smart. And, um, you know, he was an example and there's other examples and it's like, man, there seems to be this common theme of that. These top entrepreneurs all do homeschool. And the more I thought about it and the more, you know, I guess, um, fun, but also chaotic my life has gotten where I'm like, yeah, dude, I don't have time to like, Uh, constrain myself to the school system of how, when I can take them on vacation and different, like that makes no sense. Yeah, And to your point about like, Hey, if you want to just develop your strengths, you know, give your kids the resources to just focus on that. It's like, man, if I thinking about back when I was um, in high school, it's like, dude, if I wanted to be the best baseball player, I could, if I was homeschooled, imagine all the things I could have been doing. Very different to, to be the best baseball player I could be.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Life's beautiful and you never know how long or short it's going to be. And uh, for me, customization, everyone I would hope for has an opportunity in their life to customize their life. And the truth is it takes money to do that. I always tell people there's, there's a couple of skills that everyone should be pursuing that no one's going to tell you. And one of them is you should be the master of money, meaning money is a game. It has rules. You learn the rules and then you make money. And, uh, if you try to go it alone, you'll probably learn some lessons along the way, AKA losing money. Um, and if you also just blindly be a lemming, a sheeple, uh, yeah. you're going to fail. And so don't do that. Um, you say, well, I have a career. I, I don't know how to make money. So I'll just lazily put it in the market, a 401k an IRA or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, let me ask you, how's that going? Cause the average 65 year old is now accustomed to $94,000 a year and has an average balance in the 401k of $209,000 and hmm. Bloomberg just you know, Forbes just came out and said, you're going to need $3 million for retirement. Wow. Based on the 4% rule, that's just trying to get you to hundred thousand dollars a year. That's what people would like to have. And it's like, I got news for you in your working life. You ain't never putting $3 million aside ever, yeah. which means you have to face the music. You have to learn to invest. And if you're going to do it, don't do it half-heartedly you find people that are experts in the game and you follow them into battle. Yeah. You know what
1: I I really like about you is that a lot of my message is so geared towards entrepreneurs. And so I'm like, hey guys, like let's just develop some very high paying skills first. Yeah, Like let's not worry about investing and trying to get your first rental. Like I'm like, hey, let's worry about just pour your money back into you. Yeah, Let's develop these skills because if you get those skills, you can go invest to your heart's content yeah. down the road. Yeah. Um, but, you know, majority of the world's not entrepreneurs, right? Majority of the world is, you know, going to be a W-2 worker who yeah. isn't going to
0: do that. I, uh, I, so I wrote a book this last year. It's my, it's my fifth book. Um, it's definitely the one I'm most proud of because I have books out there on how to make money in real estate. But this last one, I really think embodies the problem and the solution of today's financial world. And it actually, I, I frame it up as ROI. And um, I'm giving that book away for free to everyone that I can find. Um, and I think we got a yep. we a yep. link it's, it's, here. It's
1: uh, freewealthgift.com slash
0: Ryan. Yeah. So freewealthgift.com forward slash Ryan. You get a chance to download the book for free. Yep. And um, this book essentially says, hey, if you're like society, you're going to be told that the safest thing to do is to put your money in a single digit ROI. And what do I mean by that? Well, the 30-year average on a 401k is 5%. The 30-year average on an IRA is 6% the 30 year average on the S and P in actuality is 8%. Your blended average is going to be six. So you say, okay, cool. Uh, I worked my butt off to set aside 50,000 in a 401k. I wonder what will happen in 20 years to it. Well, you can do the math. It's a future. (laughs) Google it. 50 K at, you know, 6% will triple to $160,000. But if you can graduate just from being a financial expert, um, which everyone can do on the side, if you graduate from a single digit ROI to a double digit ROI, like what I do in real estate, like I never touch anything unless I get a minimum 25% annual return. means my money uh, doubles every three years. Now my ROIs are higher than that, but let's just go with that minimum. Instead of $50,000 tripling over 20 years in the market, I put it into real estate and now at 27 X's and it's worth 4.3 million. By the way, that wasn't hard. You were going to let your money sit on the side and do nothing Why not have it sit in a different thing and perform better? And guess what is $4.3 million enough for retirement for guys like Ryan and I, we're not going to say that. (laughs) Well, that's not going to birth you worlds of possibility. It's not going to birth private jets and and unlimited world travel, but for the average person, wow, that just one fifty thousand over 20 years is that what that's huge. Well, now imagine if you lean into your financial genius, because next the book will teach you how to go from a double digit to a triple. Now your money doesn't double every three years. Your money doubles every three months. And if you go to a quadruple digit ROI, you now measure your money doubling in weeks. This is what happens when you become a business owner. And the book basically says, Hey, I get it. You don't want to be an entrepreneur, but that doesn't mean that you can't own businesses, franchises and be, be, be absentee owner. It doesn't mean you can't have CEOs and other people running them. You know, I have hundreds, I have over 400 companies now. Wow. And I have, what I do is I build machines that build machines that build machines and that means that, um, I'm, I like making money because it, I know the rules of it and the book shares those rules. And when you learn the rules and you implement them, you start winning because the average person on single digit will need many lifetimes to have a basic retirement. But if you just start blending single and some double and some triple digit ROIs, you can get most people to figure out the entire life of money game in less than 10 years. Mm. And if you graduate to quadruple digit, you'll do it well under five years.
1: How, how do you get a quadruple digit return?
0: Quadruple digit return now means you're making at least a thousand percent on your money, it means that you're now 10xing your money every year. And that comes, and you know this, by owning a business mm-hmm. because a business doesn't have to cost you a hundred thousand or a million dollars like people think. Yeah. Some businesses require a very small amount of money. And as you grow them, the payback can be massive. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, take rental real estate. I buy a home, uh, I bought my very first home when I was 23 years old. And the reason why I bought it is because my wife and I were renting this hole in the ground apartment for 400 a month, and the house we bought had a basement apartment. We got it undervalued, and by the time we rented it out, it covered the whole mortgage. So the first benefit of owning that home was living for free. It cost us $3,300, it was a 3% down payment on a house, 40,000 in market, tiny mm-hmm. little bungalow. 12 months later, the equity in that house provided the down payment for our second property that we ended up making $130,000 on. Mm. But along the way, it was a $600 a month cash flow. So I started equating a house with $500 a month. And when I said to my wife, I'm like, we are so poor. I was like, dude, if we had 20 houses, (sighs) each producing $500 a month, that'd be $10,000 a month. We will be rich because to Uh, us, with expenses of $2,000 a month, $10,000 felt wealthy. Yep. Um, and when we got, when I graduated college and I had 25 homes that were paying me over 12,000 a month, um, I realized that that was powerful. Well, you think putting money into a house and making $500 a month is powerful. Imagine owning a business that pays you 20,000 a month, not 500. And guess what? Sometimes it costs less money to buy the business than the house. So yeah, business does have the opportunity for higher ROI And this.
1: So that's basically what I have uncovered now is like, you know, I got my start in real estate yeah. and, you know, people listening are like, dude, you know, double digit ROI. Okay, cool. But now you're talking triple and quadruple. Like that's, he's crazy. Sounds crazy. But to the entrepreneur, are like, Shh. yeah, <laughs> well, you know, even with flipping, I was getting triple digit ROIs, right? Because I would, you know, go, and this is before I even had private money where for me it's infinite. Yeah. Right. But like, yeah. you know, I'd go put 20 K into a flip and get my 20 K back in three months. And it's like, dude, that's a
0: 400% return. That's a 400%. (laughs) That's a triple solid, triple digit ROI.
1: Yeah. And I was like, this is the best way to use my money. Let me just keep flipping. Well, can I just
0: go one step further when you borrow someone's 20,000 to make that money and then you pay them back and you split it equally you're now earning an infinite ROI. You have infinite. Which is why the book for me, I was like, you know, people don't want to hear about the strategy. I talk about franchise or buying a business for no money down. Or I talk about owning real estate. All of those things sound hard and complex to people. But when I frame it up in terms of ROI, we start realizing, wait a second, I'm a meat sack that actually has a a living purpose. And if I learn the game of money and get some ROI, <laughs> yeah, then I can make my money perform for me at different levels. And Chris, are you telling me that I should have some of my money earning double digit, but if I could get a little bit of it earning triple or quadruple that in five years or less, I could be financially free. Yep. And boy, is that life worth it? Because most people will never come off of like financial life support. The day that I, I, I quit my job, I remember walking out of that building convertible top down. It was the second most expensive <laughs> BMW. And I, and it was like, I was breathing this air for the first time. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I can literally do anything that I want. Yep. And no one can tell me what to do. Nobody. It was freedom that I've had now for 16 years. Yeah. And I've lived the most magical life. I have traveled the world. I've done some of the craziest things. I've built crazy businesses. I've had all this time with my kids. Yeah. I don't have that typical parent regret of not being there for them at the crossroads. And um, I feel so blessed in my life. Yeah. And there, it, it, that doesn't mean I haven't had challenges, but I'm telling you that when you invest in yourself and you're grounded, humble. When you're connected to God, your priorities are right. You're not about the materialism and the shining car and the stuff doesn't mean you can't have those things. But when the real meaning of your life is built on success based on happiness and fulfillment and contribution, as opposed to significance and self-importance, well, you add to that financial wins and successes. And now, how how do you not feel limitless Yeah, unstoppable?
1: Yeah, no, 1,000%. It's funny because, you know, I got my start. In real estate. that's how I, I first made wealth. And then as I started businesses, I realized I was like, wow, businesses can make a lot more than real estate. Hello. And then I was like, let me turn my attention to like launching businesses and getting better at these skills because yeah. it's like, man, that, that is where like these quadruple yeah. digit ROIs happen. And then, you know, to hear you say, yeah, we've got 400. I'm like, that makes sense.
0: Yes. Well, if you build machines that build machines that build machines, and the number one thing I focus on is developing people, then guess what those people do? Build machines. Yes. And those people are more brilliant than I am. When they're trained, they they are doing things when I'm not. So I have a really weird I, I four years ago I had a friend um die in a horrific paragliding accident. His shoe collapsed. He got close to the mountain and the heat thermals weren't there. And he left um his widowed wife and four boys on earth, little, little children. And, um, cause we were so close to the family and he was my best friend. Um, it, it, it really wreaked havoc on me as I grieved. Yeah. And back then I was working more of your typical 40 to 60 hour work week. I thought I was doing well. Cause a lot of entrepreneurs, I, I had a hard time shutting my brain off. I couldn't sleep at night. Um, it's it like my brain was actually working like a hundred hours a week. And as an entrepreneur, I knew that I was in a, um, I was in my own trap cause I loved the creation, but I was not in balance. And, um, after he passed, um, I remember just turning to Colin, my wife and just saying, honey, if I were to die tomorrow, I have regrets based on how I'm choosing to spend my time today. And so I did something, um, that for a moment was kind of hard. I said, Chris, build your perfect life, build your perfect routine, build your perfect morning and prioritize God and your children and your wife and your health. Like, what would your life look like? And actually I'm living the same schedule today as I came up with four years ago. On Mondays, I produce content. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, I work from home. Mm. Wednesday is my wife's day. We go somewhere in the world. We do something together. It's just us because she's my best friend. And I get so much value out of our time together that after I had all the success, I'm like, what do I really want? I just I just want limitless access to this amazing woman. That is my best friend. So every Wednesday is our day. I never work in the, in the evenings. Friday is my kid's day. Saturday is my day. Sunday is God's day. And four years later, that schedule still resonates. I keep testing it every year if I want to kind of switch things up, but I'm like, actually what I've learned about me is that if I work 25 hours a week, I feel like I'm using all of my creation energy that I've been given appropriately. If I work more than 30 hours a week, I feel out of balance. If I work less than 20 hours a week, I feel like I'm robbing the world and I'm not fulfilling my purpose. So I found my idea. I built a world around that ideal Mm -hmm. amount of time. My body gets its perfect amount of time. Me and my wife get our perfect amount of time. Me and my children get our perfect amount of time. I get my perfect amount of time and there's time left over. Yeah. There's really time left over. Yeah. But I had to just, I had to divorce myself from society standards of how we chop up a day. You have 168 hours a week. If you knew that you had one week left to live, how would you divide your time differently? Mm-hmm. Whatever that is, make it your goal to figure out how to live that now.
1: Yeah. No, hundred percent. There's, there's a lot of principles we talk about in the wealthy way. Um, for those who want to go get the book, you can go to wealthyway.com and get the book and, um, we got a Wealth Builder Academy, which kind of goes through that. And we have our Wealthy Way quiz, which we actually just launched. You guys can check that out, wealthyway.com. But um, basically, one of the principles I talk about in the book is scheduling, just like what you said. And it's funny how similar you and I think, because mm. we haven't talked in depth about this, but we both uncovered the same thing. And it was like, most people who are spending 70, 80 hours a week working, they're not efficient, right? They're they're working at 50% capacity, yeah. right? I have found for me, like the 30-hour work week is good. Yeah. Like I'm good Monday to Thursday. I'm here at the office. I'll crush it. And, you know, I film content Monday just like you do. Tuesday through Thursday, you know, I'm doing whatever I got to do. Right? And I have all my creative energy. I'm good. And it's great. Friday is like my me day. Yours is Saturday. I go golf every Friday. It's amazing. I have fun. Um, Saturday and Sunday are family time. So you know, family and God. And that's it. We, I don't come to the office. We just hang out and
0: it's worked really well for me. Well, and I think that's the motivation. Everyone has to figure out their why on why they want to build even a basic amount of wealth. Like for me, I would say the amount of money that started opening up really all the doors of possibility that I wanted in my world was about a half a million a year. When I started making about a half a million dollars a year, that's where I felt like my ideal lifestyle, my ideal amount of traveling, you know, this, um, is about 10 years ago. I was making a gift for my, my wife for Christmas and I wasn't in a good way with her. So I wanted to create something really special for her. And uh, it was like a 500 hour project. And it required me one night in middle of the night to go through 10,000 images of our first decade of marriage. Wow. And I had to find the top 100 <laughs> and it was click, 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 click. I think this might be a click, click, click by five in the morning. I had selected the top 100 images that represented a decade and then I cried because I realized that 91 of the 100 all were taken on vacation. And I started realizing if my life's most important, most precious memories happen outside of my routine, then what the hell am I doing in this routine? Yeah. And that's when we started traveling every month. We uh, just started traveling. We we started living to my my,
1: my wife and I have talked about doing that too. Yeah. That's a, that's quite, so as you're talking, I always get inspired by guys who are just absolutely Christian. And, you know, you, you were telling me about your private jet and how you came here and you're going to fly back today. Same day. Right. I want to be in
0: my bed tonight.
1: Yeah. I want to be with
0: my honey. I want to, I want to kiss my kids goodnight.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And you're like, Hey, you know, I'm going to fly in. I got to film some podcasts and I'm out. Right. And You know, the private jet thing, I've talked to multiple guys who have it and then you and I were really breaking it down at lunch of like the benefits of it and why you should do it. And, um, you know, even like my wife and I were just talking about that, like, man, you guys are going to San Diego on Wednesday. Like it's, it's too impossible to do that. Just on a normal flight,
0: you can't commercially you've got to overnight you got to deal with layovers yeah. you gotta deal with you know the public plane system not being that efficient at times yep. layovers, massive problems with employing pilots,
1: yep, but with a private jet you know you own it hey, fly out, you're in they're waiting
0: go head home fifty uh, fifty days a year is what I save now and i I, I do more than i previously could. And I used to say no to a lot of people that I just don't have to anymore because it was actually a couple of years ago when I got fed up, I wanted to go support a buddy of mine who was going to take first place in a bare knuckle fight. Oh, wow. I love watching MMA. I love doing something. <laughs> and so I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go with my buddy. We're going to go support. And it was down Mississippi. Okay. And so from Salt Lake, there's no direct. So this was the last time I flew commercial. I, f- I had to go layover in Atlanta. Then I got there. I left in the morning barely had time for dinner to make the evening show. The next morning I had to catch a flight, take the layover and didn't get back until 5 PM. Right. And I said, what is wrong with me taking 48 hours, two days of my life for a 90 minute event? Yeah. And that's why I say no to those things.
1: Yeah. I don't speak at bare like, barely any events for that reason. I don't want to do it. Like, I don't want to leave my
0: family and it's just not worth it. <laughs> but my, my goal is to treat it like a teleportation device Yeah. where it's like my daughter woke up this morning and she found out at breakfast. Cause I'm um, one of, I have rules when I travel and one of them is never mess with the sacred five hour routine. Yeah. So at nine o'clock we were leaving and my daughter's like, Hey dad, can we do something this, you know, tonight? And I said, sure. She's like, Oh cool. Are you, are you going to the office? It's Thursday. Don't you normally work from home? I was like, Oh, actually I'm just going to Vegas real quick. And she, she had a panic freak out moment where she's like, dad, like you're, you're, you're going out of town. I said, honey. And then it was actually my wife. She popped, she said, honey, daddy's going to be home at the normal time that you would normally see him anyway. She's like, oh, okay. (laughs) It's a teleportation device. It's very efficient.
1: Yeah. How, how much money do you think you got to be making before it starts
0: making sense? Um, I definitely think you should be seven figures and probably multiple seven figures. You know, yeah. even if you get an entry, you know, remember there's prop planes that aren't very fast yeah. that you can get into for a half a million dollars, hundreds of thousands. Yeah. You, have, you know, to get a jet, you know, this second jet I just got, it has three engines, Guess. 700 miles an hour. It's a Falcon 50 range of 4,000 miles. It means that I never have to pit stop continental US, I can go direct wherever I want to go. There's 5,000 airports around the country, which means you're never landing in a congested anything. You're literally landing in the most podunk closest to wherever you're going to, I can usually land within 10 minutes. Mm. Like for example, my, for my wife's birthday a couple weeks ago, I took her to Sedona. And if you know Sedona, how, how is Sedona by the way? Cause I've, I've heard so many
1: good things, but I've never been.
0: My wife loves it. And yeah. she wanted to show me Sedona. Because she wanted to do the UFO tour and see the crystal shops and get into the woo-woo vortexes. And I said, (laughs) honey, it's your birthday. I don't care. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) I will advocate for you. And um, But if you know Sedona, it's hard to get to. Um, Sedona, you got to fly into Phoenix, rent a car. It's a two-hour drive. And then you're in Sedona. Right. Well, they actually have in the center of Sedona a private landing strip on top of a mesa. So we literally landed in the heart and we're within five minutes of everything the entire time. Yeah. Private jetting is... It's it's definitely a privilege, and and I wish someone ten years ago had like knocked me up the bat, back of the head and said, "Bro, your vision board is missing something," because I didn't know. I thought I thought jet what, was. What do you think about it versus just chartering? Um, so I did some of that in the beginning. I chartered, and um, the truth is, you got to have a really great broker company um, to get you to the point where you can actually truly break even if you buy the right kind of jet. Um, if you're chartering it when you're not using it, you know, I yep. fly two or three times a month and um and then my other jet is now just chartered making money all the time and I seem to have this pattern in life that I like to have things for free. So I always ask how to rig the system to get things for free.
1: (laughs) Um, So the way I rig it is I buy a jet and I just have it chartered out the entire time. Yes.
0: Find a good company, have it chartered out when you're not using it. Uh, The tax benefits year one are insanely good. Yep. Um, You know, and then for, but here's the reality Um, right now I can own my own jet and I can, if I am chartering it out um, I'm either flying for free, I'm making a little money or I'm losing a little bit. But if you consider that flying private is at 15 to 18 times the cost of first class, but then you do get the number of seats on the jet, it's, it's an expensive proposition for most people. You know, you gotta be thinking anytime you want to go anywhere in the U S you're going to pay 30 to 60,000 for Mm. a charter, uh, maybe 20,000 on the cheap. And, um, all of that goes away. So I mostly fly private just for free.
1: So when you're flying charter, obviously I've done it right. Yeah. You're talking 20 K on the cheap. Um, <laughs> I've done the empty legs, which are super cheap, but yes. that's it. But you're saying with you buying a jet, you can basically do those charters for free because you're going to make enough over on this side. Yes. Are you counting in the depreciation to make it add up?
0: Mm-hmm. That's just a, you're one pure, massive benefit. So I'll, I'll, you're I'll,
1: talking, you, you know, if it costs you a million bucks a year to maintain and, you know, use your travel. It's going to go make a million too.
0: Yes. That's possible. Okay. You have to pick the right jet and the right company to do it though.
1: Right. It's all got to be the management. Yes, it is. Yeah.
0: And it's like, what motivates me in the beginning to make money? What motivates me today? Right right now we, we do so well. We just really have the lifestyle that we desire, but I would say for anyone listening in the beginning, the reason why you want to become a master of the financial game, you want to learn real estate, you want to learn business. It's not because I'm trying to pull you away from your, from your W2 life or, or a career that you are in love with. Cause 15% of people are entrepreneurs that love their companies that they work for. That's fine. You How should, many percent? 15. Oh, okay. You should still have something on the side that, that gives you another stream of income. How stupid is it to have, to make all your money one way? I think that's yeah. just absolutely stupid. Um, You know, the IRS reports that the average millionaire has seven streams. And I say, why not 70 or 700 (laughs) Why not 400 (laughs) or 400? So, um, (laughs) you know, so the game is to learn the game of money. And what do you do with that money in the beginning? Yeah. You want to make your money work for you, but some of the, some of the coolest things is make enough money that you can start living your ideal lifestyle today. Instead of society's hopium that tells you in 30 or 40 years, you'll hopefully have enough for retirement. Right. What a lame waste. Yeah. I'm sorry, but this is what a lame waste. We are so drunken on our mediocrity and average. Yep. And I just, it's just, I'm appalled by it. Right. So go learn the money game and, and stop thinking 50 to hundred K a year. Uh, in my opinion, once you're making a half a million a year, you can live in honestly the neighborhood, the house of your choice. You can travel a dozen times a year. Yeah. You can live a truly, you never Epic have to life. look at the grocery bills. Yep. You never have to ask, is hell eating healthy, expensive. Can we afford that half a million dollars? And, 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 and that's just a, everyone should have a goal of just figuring that out because technology and our world, if God gave you an average brain, you can figure that out. And then the next thing is, what do you do with that money is you reclaim your time. Don't just invest your money, reclaim your time, spend your money on things that get all the minutia, all of the errands, all of the, you know, make a list of the 10 things that you do for making money. And only one or two of them make you 90% of your money. And the rest of them are meant to be delegated. If you want it done right, don't do it yourself. Build a machine that builds a machine that builds a machine. Um, you know, and then number three, Jesus and jets, two of of my favorite things. Um, and so, you know, I don't know, maybe I got one on the vision board.
1: Yeah. I got one. I got Jesus. Yeah. So, you know, and that's all I need, but jets, I'm positive definitely... Jesus
0: owns something cooler than a jet, but it's like a baby step to Jesus, right? <laughs> It'll get you closer. Yes. It'd get you 40,000 feet.
1: Closer. What, so, okay. As you wrap up, what, what jet should I get? Jeez. What's the starter jet, dude? Um,
0: hmm. man.
1: You said you got to get the right jet and the right management. What do I got to get?
0: Yeah. It's going to be a little tougher than that. I wish I could really give you a good answer. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you that my little eight seater next um, was, what a is great it called? Starter, Nextant. Okay. N-E-X-T-A-N-T, was a great starter jet. I okay. love my Falcon 50. It's a nine seater, um, tall cabin, big cabin space has room for a flight attendant that we always bring with us. Um, lots of cargo room, great distance, you know, you, you know, you, you can get into the jet game for honestly three, four $5 million and create a really great experience for yourself. But before you decide on the jet, decide on the management company. Right. Um, I'm with hanger seven. Yep. They're amazing. Uh, Jesse Mata is the owner of that company. The dude is, is brilliant. He's experienced. He manages my jets and, um, you know, in two years, I'm going to get my third jet. Um, this one will be a little bit of a step up and definitely one that won't be chartered. This is just a on standby for fun.
1: Ah, oh. yeah. So you got to be making some real serious stuff when you're for you willing to just like, be like, you know what? I don't need it for free.
0: Look at this principle. Okay. Look at this principle. When you own a business and let's say that business is now absentee owner. You've hired a, a a manager for it and it's making you a quarter million a year. What are you going to do? Start a second business that does the same? No. Now that your bases are covered, you're going to take a greater risk and say, I want a business that makes me a half a million a year or a million a year. And you know what? You might take you two or three times, but you figure it out. You learn and apply more of the business skills. Now you have a business that has a CEO running. It makes you three quarter million a year. Between the two, you're making a million. Guess what you're going to do for your third business? Well, let me tell you something. You're going to hit your stride on your fifth. Your fifth business is where you're going to iterate, where you have the faith and the goal to start thinking not in eight figures, but nine and 10. Mm-hmm. And that's where a $70 million jet becomes more inconsequential. And it's more about the stewardship of honoring life's purpose. I don't care what religion you hail from. If you believe that life is not an accident, then what unifies all of us is the game of growth. And if you're a growth warrior, then what you're going to do is you're going to learn how to multiply your stewardship, multiply your talents, master more things, because if you're not, you're dying. Mm. The secret to living is, is growing and giving and growth and contribution are probably two of the most important things to me these days. It's what our f- foundation is all built on. It's what our our philanthropic work is built on. And that does, of course, lead to more material success and bigger jets.
1: Yep. I love it, bro. Yeah. Well, dude, it's been an honor having you on the show, man. It's always great. I appreciate you coming to speak at WealthCon as yep. well, guys. Dude, brother, WealthCon yeah. is going to be- Yeah, I don't even think we talked about WealthCon. We should have. But guys, if, if you want to see Chris live, he is going to be giving- an absolute fire speech at Wealthcon April 4th to the 6th. You guys want to go get tickets? Go to wealthcon.org and uh you're gonna be able to catch them there.
0: Yeah. And if you guys want to get access to that book and uh, you know, some of the things that we talked about today, I've got actually a whole bunch of other freebies and free gifts. Uh, that link is uh freewealthgift.com forward slash
1: Ryan. There we go. Brother uh, You the Man, I appreciate you. Appreciate you. Guys, make sure you're subscribed and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace.